State Champs Nation, Lauren Plant here. Before we get to this podcast, I just wanted to bring you a quick programming note. The State Champs Sports Network is expanding our podcast programming. In order to make it easier for you to listen to the podcast you want to listen to, we wanted to break them all out. You can find each of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, from Apple and Google Podcasts to Spotify and so many more. If you're a State Champs super fan, you want to listen to them all, you don't have to to change a thing. We'll still be posting everything in this feed. Now, on with the podcast. Amazingly, we are down to four weeks left of the high school football season. Only 96 teams remain. In fact, that number is sadly 95, and we'll explain that coming up in a matter of moments. It is time for the postseason edition of the State Champs Indiana Extra Point podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University. Over 100-degree programs offered at the university consistently ranked one of the best of the Midwest. From the U.S. News & World Report, find out more at ltu.edu. My name is Greg Rakestraw, joined as always by Bob Stambazzi from 105.9 The Bash, covering all of North Central and Northeastern Indiana. Hello, my friend. How are you? Oh, just peaches and cream. Uh, what a great week of football. And can't wait to get going for championship Friday night. Yeah, honestly, I, there have not been all that, just the way the sectionals were drawn this year. Yeah. There have not been many huge matchups the first couple of weeks, which leaves us with a lot of really tasty matchups coming up this week and, and in weeks going uh, going forward. If I read the tea leaves properly, you had games on Friday and Saturday, correct? That is correct. And uh, I, you know, two big mismatches, uh, both games, to be quite frank with you. As Bremen come down to Wabash, took on the Apaches and defeated them 63 to 13. And, and just a very, very good Bremen team, Greg. And they executed uh, the Dingus kid is everything you read about him. Uh, the Zarnacki boy, the, who's a wide receiver, linebacker. Uh, I thought he was playing both sides of the ball uh, uh, on both offense and defense at the same time. Uh, this kid was special. New to make the quarterback from Bremen. They were an exceptional football team. Wabash turned it over five times. Bremen scored five on all five turnovers. Then on Saturday morning, uh, you, you saw Caston come out in the field against Southwood, and, and you go, uh-oh. Uh, they brought 16 players, Greg. Yep. And uh, a couple of them even got nicked up. And before you knew it, uh, Wabash uh, County, uh, we know they like to throw the football down there. Well, Southwood only threw the ball one time. I uh, just ran student by left, student by right. They win big 56 to nothing. But uh, I got to give a lot of credit to Cass and Greg for, for sticking their nose in there and playing uh, all 48 minutes. Well, Caston is a program uh, that had been kind of well chronicled some of the struggles they have had in terms of numbers and that, you know, their victory was simply continuing to play. They had a brand new head coach this year. I know that Caston, the story for them is that they won a postseason game. They won three games in the regular season. They have not accomplished that in quite some time. My buddy, Tony Slocum, who is a full-time officer in the Indiana state police was their coach the last three seasons Uh, Will Porter became their head coach this year, and Will has been in a number uh, of of rebuilding programs, and you know Will from his days at Wabash, uh, you know, know, 10 or so years ago. So rarely has Will had 
you know, kind of all the cards in the deck from a talent standpoint. But the fact that the Comets got to a second postseason game and won three games, it was a good year for Cashman. But no, you knew it would be a mismatch for Southwood. So um, for Southwood, it sets up the game that you and I have talked about literally since the first week of the season. Now they get South Adams in that sectional championship. How do you think they stack up? Well, this is going to be an interesting ballgame. Uh, you got uh, two two farm schools. That's that's what they are. We, we were talking about the other day in the press box, and uh, uh, it's going to get slugged out up front. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, and it's going to be how uh, Adam Central's defense can slow down that spread offense, which they've done uh, the past few years, and it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Southwood slows down the running attack of Adam Central, who can also uh, throw the football, but but – I truly believe this ball game is going to come down to special teams. Uh, they've got a very, very good kicker. Uh, Southwood has a kicker that's a little sporadic in Carson Rich. So uh, I, I truly believe this game will come down to uh, maybe a field goal. But uh, any way you look at it, this is a typical Southwood Adam Central matchup. It's going to be a slobber knocker in every sense of the word. Yeah, Bob said it correctly. I didn't. I, I put the cart in front of the horse by a week because South Adams would be likely next week in the yeah. regional if Southwood gets by Adams Central. Again, South Adams and Adams Central for the last two years have been in different sectionals despite being in the same county. So yeah. Southwood's got to beat Adams Central. And Adams Central's losses have been to Eastside, a 2A sectional champ from last year, one of the better teams in the state. We'll talk about them in a matter of moments and to South Adams by a score of 29 to 9. This is the problem that you want to have, but if you're Dave Snyder's team, nobody's been that close to you all season long. In fact, the only one-score game the Knights played all year, you had the call back in the season opening week at 3A Knox. It was 29-26. Do you worry about that at all if you're a Southwood fan, knowing that if the game gets tight, it's something that your team hasn't really had that much experience with this year? It's interesting you bring that up because that Knox game was a game they had to come from behind to win. And uh, uh, going against that uh, team up there and, and, and you know, outstanding coach and, and Russ Radke. And, and now they're playing uh, on the road at Adams Central. They've made some adjustments. Now, one thing that does concern me, they have taken one of their top wide receivers in Connor Rich and put him at their center position. Now, he's a phenomenal athlete have stepped right in like he's been a center his entire life. But I still uh, wonder, by taking him out from that wide receiver slot, is there a void? Well, they've got three very talented receivers out there right now. And, and when you look at Sutton and, and you look at Barley, and uh, uh, I just lost the last name, but they, they throw the football very – Carson Rich, excuse me. They throw the football very well. They've got to establish that running attack and – with, and now you got that new center, right, whose head is down because they go for the shotgun. It's going to be interesting up front. All right, let's talk about the other team you saw on Friday night just because they've got, again, what I think is a headlighting matchup uh, in, in terms of a sectional final because Bremen plays Pioneer. And obviously we have we know what Pioneer does. We know the remarkable record of success that Adam Berry has had there. They are playing up a class, and because of the unique nature of games they could play uh, this season, uh, Pioneer beat Chesterton, who, by the way, beat Penn in their sectional opener last week. Yeah. Uh, Pioneer's lone loss is to New Haven. Now, Bremen knows about playing up. They are the smallest member 
of the Northern Indiana Conference. So the majority of Bremen's games have come against 3A and 4A competition. Losses to the number two team in 3A in Mishawaka Marion had a one-point loss at Jimtown or to Jimtown back in week number five as well. Again, I know you haven't seen Pioneer in person this year, but you know what they do on a regular basis. How do you think that Bremen Pioneer matchup shapes up for Friday night? Exciting. Uh, when you got the Llewellyn boys uh, over there at Pioneer, yep. you've got yourself a freshman quarterback who's really established himself running the offense uh, at Pioneer. And lo and behold, the defense is still Pioneer's defense. You know what I mean by that. And yep. they flag get after you. Uh, I tell you, watching Bremen uh, this last week, a team that going into Wabash's game had only thrown the ball 90 times for the entire season. Uh, they rest everything on Dingus and uh, their, their other running back, uh, uh, Griffith. They, they get after it. So it's going to be uh, interesting. Can they stop? the run because what Bremen does, Greg, they set up all their passing. And I mean all their passing off of the run. So it's going to be interesting to see if Pioneer gets the stops on defense, how Bremen then has to react, maybe throwing the ball a little bit more. But I think you hit the nail on the head. Bremen has played up. Pioneer will play anybody. This is going to be really a great high school football game Friday night. So what you're saying, Bob, is don't be late because if they both going to run the ball, the game might be done like an hour 50 uh, on Friday night. So uh, if you're if you're a Bremen fan, you're heading to Royal Center, you might still be home by 1030, uh, regardless of how the game plays out on Friday night. And a lot of people, and I would be one of those people, have probably already circled Pioneer and Andrean in the regional. Yes. And you think, hey, there's a good chance the state champ comes from that game. Bremen may have something to say about it. Again, two tremendous programs historically in Bremen and Pioneer in 2A. All right, let me talk about my game uh, that I had on Friday night. And it largely went as expected. Pike and Carmel, when these two teams got together in week number four, uh, it was a double overtime game. Carmel won that one 45-44. They had kind of come in reeling a bit after having had to play Cathedral and Center Grove in back-to-back -back weeks. Since that time, Carmel has not lost. Since that time, Carmel has gotten better. Um, this was a game where they led by two scores at halftime, and it was a it was a two to three score game almost the entirety of the second half. To Pike's credit, they never went away. Final score was 38 to 22. Carmel has now won seven consecutive games. Pike finishes the season at three and seven. But again, to show you what the Mick is all about, Pike's three and seven, Bob, they got four division one players on wow. that team. Uh, it, it's that, that that's that's the grind. <laughs> they they won both their non-conference games against Zionsville and Fishers. Uh, they end up going one and seven in eight games, regular season and postseason against Mick competition. You can be the seventh or eighth best team in the Mick, and you might be close to the seventh or eighth best team in the state. It's that's it's just the way it is on a yearly basis. Again, what's unique for Carmel is that they are in the southern half of the bracket for the first time since 6A was formed. For the first time, they were actually in the southern half of the bracket the last two years of 5A being the largest classification. And during that two-year stretch, they won a state title one year and got knocked out the first round by Warren Central the other year. Now Carmel will play Brownsburg, and Brownsburg, get, they have higher aspirations than winning a sectional game. Yeah. But the big hump for Brownsburg was beating Avon. Avon's starting quarterback, Henry Hessen, is going to go play at Miami, Ohio. Henry was notified on Friday afternoon 
you have the I can't remember if he tested positive or was contact tracing for COVID-19, could not play in the game on Friday night. Avon starts a freshman quarterback. Avon put 31 points in the morning. Avon trailed the first half. Brownsburg came back to lead the second half. Avon took a 31-24 lead. Brownsburg scored the last 10 points of the game. In the regular season, Bob, it was lopsided. Brownsburg beat them easily. But Avon has had their number historically in the postseason. That was a monumental hurdle that Brownsburg finally overcame to win that game 34-31. And Brownsburg's reward? The defending state champions, the Carmel Greyhounds, I think that's going to be a phenomenal game at Brownsburg on Friday evening. Uh, there's another game you're going to need to get there early. Now, from the standpoint, it's going to be a quick game just to right. be able to get a seat if you can because I'm telling you what, Brownsburg had the opportunity to watch them on television earlier this year. Right. And uh, what an exciting football team. But I got to go back to the Avon situation. The young pup steps in there, as I like to call it, and boy – what resounding leadership Avon has with the upperclassmen to take the pup through the, through the rings here and almost get the win. But what a great way to build for next year for this young kid. Then you look at Brownsburg going to <laughs> this Carmel thing is going to be unbelievable. Again, those two teams are both ranked well inside the top 10 at this point. And Brownsburg has one loss to the number two team in 6A in Westfield in week number uh, six of the season, 43-42. Carmel now has not lost since September the 4th. A good team is going home at the end of business on Friday. And John Hart knows all about Carmel because his state championship at Warren Central was against Carmel in overtime back in 2000. And, of course, John has also won a state championship in his days at Wright Memorial High School down in Evansville. This will be a phenomenal football game. Carmel and Brownsburg coming up on Friday night. All right, this is a good time for us to stop and tell you about our friends at Lawrence Technological University, located in Southfield, Michigan. They've got 27 teams across 22 sports, track and field and men's volleyball, some of the newest offerings. There's nothing like being a college athlete. In fact, you can head over to ltuathletics.com and click the Be Recruited tab and fill out the questionnaire for your sport. The incredible coaching staff will get it. You're basically recruiting yourself. You can even intern with the State Champ Sports Network team while you're living the dream and getting one of the best educations out there. Your journey begins at ltuathletics.com. All right, there's a few more games I want to reference from this past weekend before I talk about the big games and the games that Bob and I will have this weekend that we've heard that he's going to be doing in terms of Southwood and Adams Central. I, I brought this up last week, and I thought the most balanced sectional in 6A was sectional 3. Yes. Because I liked all four teams. Warsaw and Homestead got out of their matchups. Your thoughts about those two games Friday and the two teams playing each other this coming Friday? Well, I was kind of surprised at the Homestead win of 28-10 to 10 over Snyder, to be quite honest with you. I thought that would be a little, a little closer, and I thought Snyder might have gotten them uh, because they have been playing much better. But uh, kudos to the to Sparty up there and in the big win at Homestead. But the game that I was following uh, online a lot was the Carroll Warsaw game, as that bad boy was tied all night long. And Bart Curtis just come away with a huge win, 42-35. That guy has done nothing uh, but been a magician up there in, in what he's been able to do at any school, uh, getting them to play football. And Warsaw right now, I know they're going to play Homestead, but uh, I, I got to give Warsaw 
uh, the nod here because I think they're on a roll. And I think they've got so much confidence, Greg, to be honest with you, because they just beat a favorite in Carroll. Now they're going to come up against another favorite in Homestead. But I think Warsaw gets them. Warsaw, by the way, had never won a football sectional until last year, until yes. Mark Curtis took the job, which is amazing to say for a school of that size. But that is the case. Uh, Warsaw has not been a football school. Mark Curtis is turning them into one. Um, a couple of games I wanted to mention from, from kind of my section of the state or the southern half of the bracket. Slight surprise in 7A that Warren Central, who had not played since October the 9th, uh, was 2-5 and five coming in, avenged an earlier loss to North Central by a score of 20-17. to 17. I'll get back to Warren Central coming up here in a matter of moments. Uh, but the other game that I thought was, from certainly from a ranking standpoint, was the headlining game in the state on Friday night was in Class 4A where Mooresville beat East Central 36-28. to 28. It's the second consecutive year that the Trojans uh, have, have, have gone home early at the hands of Mooresville. And now the folks from St. Leon and Sunman will be counting all their fingers and toes and looking at all the maps and the enrollments and trying to figure out, is there any way we can get out of Mooresville sectional? Um, <laughs> you know, just, just because Mooresville is going to keep being good, so is East Central. But East Central has had this run of beginning to regionals and semi-states and state championship games, and they've just been unfortunately drawn in with a very good team each of the last couple of years. And they've been very close games when those two schools have gotten together. Um, and, and East Central ends up losing three times this year to number one in 3A Chittard, to a 4A top five team in Roncalli, and to a 4A top five team in Mooresville. Again, like I said, there have been few of those matchups so far. We have many more of them coming up in the sectional final and regional final. But again, you knew one very good team was going to go home last week. And that was the case, unfortunately, from the perspective of the East Central Trojans. All right. So I know we have touched on the game that you will have right. in terms of Southwood and Adams Central. Let me hit on the game that I will have this week. And it will be Lawrence North and Warren Central. And it's the second consecutive year that I have had that game in a sectional championship. Last year, LN hung with them for a while, but then Warren got that separation and Warren got the victory as Warren had been dominating Warren's North. Uh, and in fact, they had beaten them for 15 consecutive years when those two teams got together. That ended in week seven uh, of this year when Lawrence North won 34-13 First time since 2005 that LN got a victory over Dub City. LN has a winning record for the first time since 2005. Now what LN is trying to do is end a sectional drought that stretches back to 1990. It has been 30 years since LN has won a football sectional. They will have to go to Warren to get it done. I'm looking forward to having that game. Warren has this habit under Jason West of uh, uh, when they have some losses in the regular season of avenging those in the postseason. I go back to the first year of 6A football. Warren Central went to the postseason 6-3. and three. They played nothing but mixed schools on their path to the state championship game, and they beat all three schools that beat them in the regular season during the postseason to win that first ever 6A crown. This is a young Warren Central team. Frankly, Lawrence North should be the favorite in this game. But when you're playing against 30 years of history, things can be tough. So I'm looking forward 
to Warren Central in Lawrence North coming up on Friday night. Mr. Stan Bazzi, what other games across the state and or in your area have your attention coming up on Friday evening? You know, Greg, one thing you and I have talked about all year is how tough 1A football uh, is this year, maybe the most competitive. But as I look at the brackets right now, maybe the most interesting uh, uh, semi-state bracket is 2A in the north with Andran taking on Rensselaer this week. Pioneer, we've already talked about taking on Bremen. Tipton, who beat East Eastbrook last week after Eastbrook came back and took the lead, uh, Tipton put the thump on them, and and now they got to play LaPel. I think they can play LaPel with ease, but the big game for me is that Eastside Fort Wayne Bishop Lures game. Why? Well, Eastside comes in there playing really good, but is this a typical Fort Wayne Lures team that comes in under 500? And they are, they are ready. They are very quick right now. They're really playing good football. So I think that 2A semi-state uh, uh, from the north right now yeah. is really looking uh, like a fun, fun semi-state to watch. You know, from now on up, it, that's just exciting football. The two the two A top-ranked teams are on the northern half of the bracket. You know, Triton Central's a good team. Modern Day's a good team uh, out of the southern half. But clearly the favorites in 2A – or the northern half. And you're right about Rensselaer Central. Chris Meeks has a good team at Rensselaer Central. Again, this year is going to ask you about Eastside and Lures. Folks, don't forget, Lures is two years removed from nearly making the 3A state championship game. Uh, it was it was on a sloppy field in Fort Wayne, uh, and, and that field helped slow West Lafayette a bit. But West Lafayette would then win that game to go on to win a state championship. And it's Lures. You know, Lures in modern day are virtually in the same boat every year. This is an old modern-day battle cry from 30 years ago. 0-8 and, and going to state uh, because of the quality of schedule that those smaller parochial schools play because they play the big boys week in, week out in the Summit Athletic Conference in Lower's case and the Southern Indiana Athletic Conference in modern day's case. It is certainly possible those teams make deeper runs. Again, even if Lewers gets by a very good East Side team who won their first sectional title right. a year ago, uh, and whose loss is to a again a a a five A or a four A Concord team, uh, you know earlier this year that unfortunately had to back out of the postseason uh, due to COVID issues last week before their game on Friday. Um, my guess would be somebody would be waiting in the wings for Lures. I'm not sure they'll make it to, to uh, Lucas Oil, but yes, this is clearly going to be a challenge for a good East Side team uh, to beat the Knights coming up uh, on Friday night. Uh, as far as games. Kind of in my neck of the woods or my area, I touched on Carmel and Brownsburg. I think that's going to be uh, an absolute battle uh, in terms of the southern half of the bracket. There has been one sectional champion that has already been crowned, unfortunately, and that is Central Catholic in 1A. And I'm not sure there's been a more COVID team in 2020 than Lafayette Central Catholic. They could not play their first two games of the season. They then had to play and take another two-week break later in the season. The defending 1A champs played just five games during the course of the regular season. Um, A sectional and, frankly, even a regional, a lot of folks maybe were theirs for the taking, uh, and they have already claimed their sectional crown, but they will not play on Friday night. They beat Clinton Central on Saturday. That game was played on Saturday because Central Catholic's girls' soccer team was playing in the soccer state championship on Friday evening. So they played it on Saturday. The other half of the bracket 
Both teams pulled out due to COVID-19 concerns. Clinton Prairie was scheduled to play Traders Point. Clinton Prairie pulled out, I want to say, Tuesday of last week. Traders Point announced over the weekend they would not compete in the sexual championship game. And in fact, they did so in time before Saturday's game kicked off. So you could call it the de facto sexual championship. You could simply say it was the sexual championship. But in what was supposed to be a semifinal, Clinton Central lost to Central Catholic by a score of 28 to 6. And so CC awaits the winner of North Judson or Winnemac in a regional coming up a week from now. With that, my friend, we are about out of time. Final thoughts as we head into sectional championship Friday night. Well, we got a lot of the matchups we thought we would have going into this weekend. So it's going to be an exciting time. But, you know, you hate to say it, Greg. I know you and I talk about it all the time. I talk about it on my show all the time. It's subject to change. So we're very blessed to get this far into football with our teams. And we can only hope and pray we can continue forward. Everybody stay healthy. Again, folks, there are 47 sectional championship games as of now scheduled. We cross our fingers that 47 are played. The mathematics, the current state of things tells you that some other of those championships will be decided not on what happens on the gridiron, but because a team simply cannot field a team on Friday night. I hope those are as few and as far between as possible. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll do it again next week for a regional final preview and a sectional championship recap. You are listening to the State Champs Indiana Extra Point podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University.